Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. This week, I have a really good episode for you that I'm really excited about. If you are interested in the topic of commitment, of finding out more about archetypes, about karma, about expectations in relationships, then I have the guest for you this week. My guest is Dr. Carmen Hara, and she is a world-renowned intuitive psychologist, best-selling author, radio show host, and relationship expert. Over the past 28 years, Carmen has helped over 40,000 people rediscover peace of mind, reclaim their personal power, and and regain joy. All the things that we talk about on this show. So Carmen is also a author. She's a radio show host, and she's been featured in many, many publications. So Carmen, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here this week. Oh, I'm happy that you decided to have me. I'm happy <laughs> that you decide on this topic. Yes, this Most topic is something... this time of the year. This time of the year when Valentine is coming and everybody's into how to generate more love, you know, how to find somebody to commit, how to find my love partner, you know, I don't want to be alone. Most likely, COVID, people struggle with online dating, people have a hard time meeting each other because of all these restrictions. Right. So um, it's significant, you know, to give some information about about this topic. I totally agree. So let's start out talking a little bit about, um, I know I did a brief introduction, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your newest book, Committed, Finding Love and Loyalty Through Seven Archetypes? Well, I've been working with people for very, 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 for a very long period of time, for many, many years probably over 30 years. Um, And uh, I've noticed that people struggle with love more than anything else and nothing hurts like love. So I um, uh, studied psychology uh, for a long period of time and I noticed that um, uh, people don't find their match. And I did couple therapy in New York for almost almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, through my expertise, through all those experiences, I realized... um, uh, people want to stick with each other, but they don't find their match. And if they don't speak the same language in a metaphoric way, that they don't get along and they struggle right. and they argue and they're miserable together. Right. And, <laughs> and that's a reality. So then I said, what is um, the explanation? And I uh, realized that we all uh, have certain personality traits and our personality traits, our weaknesses, our strengths, our capacity to commit, our capacity to, to, to love, our capacity to stick with our families stems, you know, from our archetypes. And um, I've studied the concept of archetypes in school, and it's an idea that has been introduced in psychology by Carl Jung. And Carl Jung was actually inspired by Plato. Uh, mm-hmm. Plato, the, the Greek philosopher who... Uh, 2,000 years ago with the theory of forms. And from the theory of forms, Carl Jung uh, introduced in psychology the concept of archetype. And the word archetype is actually a Greek word. And mm-hmm. it comes from two words, archaeum and typo, which means original behavior. 
And okay. we are such original people. If you look at somebody, uh, at their behavior, we're so different one from another. The way we perceive life, the way we act, the way we interact with each other. Mm-hmm. So we are not black and white. You know, we're so colorful when it comes to our emotion and our way of expressing ourselves. And that defines our archetype. So uh, if you understand your own archetype, and if you understand how many archetypes exist out there, then you have a, a, a predictability to figure it out who's your match. Right. So the best way, you know, to find your partner is not necessarily through the methods of divination. You pull a card and you find out, oh, this is my guy. Right. Or you do a, 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 numero- a astrological, numerological card. And those might not be accurate. But when you psychologically uh, interpret, you know, the behavior of somebody and knowing your own type, then you 100% know where you stand. Now, nobody is born a certain archetype. You know, when you're born, we used to say, well, we, you're born with certain predisposition to become a certain archetype. Mm-hmm. More so, there is a dominant archetype and a recessive archetype. In other words, you are not necessarily a narcissist. You can be a dominant narcissist, but you may be probably romantic somewhere, you know, as a recessive uh, archetype. So there are different archetypes within yourself, but there's always a dominant one. And as I said, there is a predisposition towards a certain one. But if you understand your archetype and reading the book, that's what the book does, defines in simple terms your capacity to commit and your capacity to love. I see. Okay. So an archetype is a set of behaviors by any given person would have. And so again, as you said, instead of pulling a card or looking at the numbers or reading palms, right? Understanding your behavior and other people's behavior can help us get closer to finding a match that's more maybe suitable for us or one that's more um, uh, probable to last. Would that be exactly? Okay. I totally com- I, I totally believe that that's key. Actually, if you look at this online dating system, what they actually do, they try to match people based on this system. Mm-hmm. So they put you, when you go online and put your name, they ask you a million questions. They're actually, all those questions are trying to define, you know, right. who you are, how you uh, act, how you behave, uh, you know, uh, patterns of, of behavior, of thinking. So they try to figure it out who will be your match based mm-hmm. on that, you know. So there are symptoms of systems of compatibility based okay. on the concept of archetypes. And so does your archetype change over time or do, are, are you pretty? That's a good question. Because archetypes, um, like everything else in life, like uh, you change. You're not the same right. person. Right. If you look in the mirror 10 years ago, you're a different person. Your personality changed. You know, the way you look at life, your perception of life changed. You know, right. your, uh, your ideas about the universe might change as you get older. Your needs, your desires are changing. So does your archetype in which way you can work on your archetype. So a certain mm-hmm. predisposition, a certain way of expressing yourself, a certain pattern of behavior can be, you know, uh, worked out. So at the end of the book, I do define the, 
well-rounded archetype, the ideal archetype we all aspire to become. So at the end, you want to be the good archetype, the perfect archetype. You want to be, you know, somebody who is capable, you know, to create a wonderful relationship. Right. And, and uh, you know, um, have the best family and, and participate, you know, in the, in the right way, you know, in fulfilling your life. But for that reason, you have to admit that this is, these are the issues that I have. Right. When you're, you're an alcoholic, only the day I have a problem with alcohol, you know, then you can work on changing it. Unless you say, you know, I have this problem, I need to change it, you'll continue to have it. So the same thing is like the book address issue, you discover yourself reading the book, you find this is me, but what can I do to change this? Can I change it? Absolutely. Right. And it's so interesting to say what you just said about, you know, you have to be willing to look truthfully at yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to admit things about yourself that maybe you don't want to admit, or that maybe you're scary to admit. And that um, willingness to admit, you know, when we keep these walls up or we keep these, um, these masks on, right. Where we're this fake version of ourselves, right. When we're doing Right. And, and those, those things that we think bring us closer to people are actually what puts us farther away from people because we're not being authentic. We're not being the real version of ourselves, Right. And so, um, your book explore in, when I was reading it and, and going through, um, you know, thinking about the archetypes, cause this is not something I'd ever really thought about, um, from a relationship perspective, but it was very, very, like you said, to the point, easy to explain, you know, easy to understand, but then also very practical because you can see how it would, you can use it in your own life. And in the book, you focus on seven archetypes, but can we give just a couple of examples for the listeners so they can understand maybe some of the archetypes and then maybe some examples of what maybe the positive and negative of those? Absolutely. And um, it just, just make a parenthesis, you know, America has been leaving, um, with archetypes in politics, for instance, you know, right. we've seen presidents or, uh, you know, um, major people, uh, uh, not, not only political figure, uh, famous people in Hollywood, you know, that they display a specific archetype. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we look at them and we may or may not have a certain characteristic that they display. Uh, and we've seen this and, is there something we can do? They may not even want to acknowledge that they have this problem, but right. the problem becomes obvious, especially if you are in a position of power. If you look through history, you know that kings and queens and, you know, they were narcissists and they have all those and all the wars and things that happen through history that have a lot to do with the archetype in people. So what I'm trying to say is, God forbid, you're in a position of power, you know, <laughs> well, everybody else will have to suffer because of that. Right. But I'm going to go and try to define in few words, in few words, but just um, describe the characteristic, the main characteristic of an archetype. That's why I, I made the book very simple that everybody can identify the essence of who they are in terms of behavior, patterns of behavior, you know. And patterns of behavior are very hard to change. Yeah. Uh, and even psychology admits that, you know, when those of neurons in the brain, they form a pattern of behavior, you right. need to work very hard to break through that, you know? Right. Because already when you establish a certain pattern, 
you need to admit that the pattern exists and then it requires a diligent work on a daily basis, you know? Right. The awareness. Shift. You have to be aware that yeah. the pattern is happening. Becoming and, aware yeah. and day on a daily basis. Because this is the way addiction is formed. This is the way a lot of wrongdoing, you know, and self-destructive behavior is created within ourselves, you know? Right. And we live in a world of autoimmune disorder and a very destructive behavior in people nowadays in the world. That's what we acknowledge. So I made a parenthesis. But coming back to the archetype. So the one of the number one archetype that I see a lot lately in the world is the independent archetype. Okay. I've seen this in women lately, women who want to be independent. They don't want to be just um, working uh, and cooking at home and taking care of kids. They want to have their own idea. They want to do podcasts. They want to do stuff. You know what I mean? To have a name, to create something solid for themselves, to build a personality, to have a mission, to be on a mission. A female, two, two, two. 22, 22 is a two. In, 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 in the ancient teaching, this is definitely a female. One is the male and two is the female. So we live in an era of women. So, but the independent is somebody who struggles with commitment because for an independent, freedom is everything. You right. know, you don't want to give up on your freedom. So being involved with somebody else means um, the fear of giving up on what, what you cherish the most, your, your freedom. Yeah. So an independent, I've seen this in people, will have a very hard time getting married. That's why you see people late in life, they've never been married. I see a lot of people, I've never been married and I'm fine. You know, I date a lot of people at the same time. But I don't want to be married because life is beautiful like this. Why should I, you sh- why should I uh, settle down and start to struggle and be with the same person so the independent doesn't think this way? He is forging his own path. He has his own path and he sticks with that path, you know? Right. Now the independent... Um, gets get, never gets along with another independent because they two separate they go separate yeah, they would ways, repel each know? other right? yeah they, they repel yeah. each other there are two people who if you put them in the same room they will hardly talk to each other right. they have nothing to say to each other you know right so th- and that's that's one that is very very present nowadays then there's the workaholic again very present lately. The workaholic is different than the independent because it's somebody who wants to have a wonderful family, but wants to be independent in the same time, but wants the family to, but he will sacrifice. He will sacrifice his significant other for the sake of his work because his work comes first. Mm-hmm. That husband who comes home very late at night because it's so important, or he might not even come home for an entire week because he has important trips to to, to, to do everywhere all over the country or, or uh, in another part of the world because job is so important because it means the money, it means the food on the table, but that's a pretend. Because well, and work. also the identity because yes. a lot of people identify yes. with their job. So true, and, so true. Yeah. But he will sacrifice his significant other exactly like he will sacrifice an employee who is not performing his good job. Mm-hmm. But he pretends in front of the world. Yes, I want. I want to be. Uh, uh, you know what I mean. In a married. Family, I want to be married. Right. A family mm-hmm. is very important to me. But most important, it is the job. The job. Right. And so this is very close to the independent, but still somebody who wants both worlds. 
Then is the narcissist. Now the narcissist have such a such little humility, such a heightened ego. And the whole world, as we know very well, is around the narcissist. We've seen the narcissistic behavior very present again nowadays. Right. You know, uh, a narcissist will um, will not pay attention to his significant other. You know, because he doesn't care about his. Right. The narcissist will actually get along with another narcissist because two narcissists will love each other. And they, cause you know, they know they, their game. They know yeah, each they other's know, game. Exactly. They, off of it. they, they, they are perfect for each other. Perfect right. for each other. I just don't want to give examples, but America lived for years, you know, with something like that. You know, we have a narcissist with a narcissist with another narcissist. And that was the perfect marriage, you know? So, and we see this, we've seen in the Kardashian, we've seen a narcissist, Kim with married to Kenya, two perfect narcissists, you know, that they adore each other. So, um, I, again, I don't want to too many examples, but it's so obvious, you know, it's so obvious when people are narcissists and they get along with another narcissist. Then there's the free spirit. Uh, the free spirit is somebody who pretends to, that he wants uh, uh, the, the best family, he but he will leave you in the middle of the road. You know, he will he will leave you in the middle of the ocean because freedom is very important for him. You know, what I mean? right? He said, "Oh, let's let's get get married uh, in three weeks," and then he, he's he's ghosting. He vanishes. You know, those weddings in which uh, you know the the. Um, why only she's there he's not there he just vanished the planet earth nobody knows where he is so that's what happens with the free spirit uh with the free spirit with a little bit of a work you can you can at the end help you know but my opinion is that the free spirit has no idea sometimes what he's doing because he wants he wants to be free and if he runs away from a situation he feels amazing you know, if he's yeah, getting involved the freedom, and then he runs right, because, away, he said, okay, I did it. Oh my God, I'm so proud of myself that I was right. able to run away from the situation that I didn't really want to get involved into. But I pre- it's a pretend. Everything is a pretend. Well, and it's interesting as you're talking through this, as as you, and, and in the book, when you explain the rest of the archetypes, as people start to read this and understand this, when you're just meeting somebody or you're starting to date somebody, you can start to see some of these characteristics in, in people and, and even ask questions around that kind of stuff, but then also decide early on, is this kind of person the right one for me? Right. Because right, as right. I was reading this, I mean, I can, in my own self, I can recognize the independent person, right? The person that wants the relationship, but then is also afraid to give up the freedom that they have as a, an independent person. And, and, and you should always, everybody read, you should be aware and in 99.9 of the case, will not give up on his independence for the marriage or for a commitment. No. Mm-mm. Right. And then the, the one that I really want to pinpoint is the wounded warrior. And I'm giving this an example of our president right now, Biden, who suffered a trauma. If you think of him when he was very young, you know, he, he lost his wife and his kid in a car accident. That's something so traumatizing that you you will never probably recover fully. And I think if somebody goes through a trauma like this, he will always have a mask. He will always be hurt for the rest of his life. He will always try to heal. He will always have empathy. 
That's why you see somebody in a position of power who went through this kind of trauma, who will cry if somebody comes to him and tell him he lost his uh, significant other in another accident. He will, he will, he will um, empathy. He will have the same, he will experience the pain. You understand? So for me is, is, um, it's very hard to heal something like this. Trauma like this probably can never be fully healed. And those people are, their, their mind is affected. Their, you know, um, uh, their cognitive mind is affected. They, they suffer forever. And they need somebody who's a hopeless romantic, you know, or another wounded warrior to heal each other. Right. If, you, if a hopeless, if a wounded warrior finds a narcissist, it's a catastrophe. It's a tragedy. Right, right. They're, you know? they're, or yeah. an independent because you'll never understand the pain of a wounded warrior, you know. Right. You need to understand that pain. And you need to understand that, that, that trauma, that turmoil, that turmoil that exists within that person's soul. You know, trying to pretend that didn't happen to him and he's going to be okay. Right. But right. he might Again, not Yeah, like you said, okay. another, yeah, another mask. Let's move in yeah. a little bit about expectations in a relationship. As I talked about, understanding the archetypes helps, I think, with expectations because you can kind of understand somebody's past and really start to see the person maybe a little more for who they are rather than who you want them to be. And that's mm-hmm. really important early on. Like what you hear so far? Take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the Create What You Speak Academy. Visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more. Now back to the show. In the book, you talk about expect great things, but don't create expectations. Can you tell us a little bit about expectations in, um, you know, your thoughts on expectations in relationships, especially in the beginning? I just want to finish something, if you allow me to. Talking about the wounded warrior, and I give you my own example. I, I, I need to tell you this. You know, I, I married my husband, um, and I was married for 27 years till he died. But my mm. husband, when he was 16, lost his mother when she was 40. She crossed the street, and she was hit by a car, and she died. Oh, my husband wow. never recovered all his mm-hmm. life. Right. So I married a wounded warrior. Mm-hmm. All his life, my husband was hurt and in pain and self-destruct and died relatively young because he couldn't, every day he was telling me, I see my mother in the corner of the room. Mm. So he never was able to heal this. So I'm giving you an example, a married somebody like that, you know? So how, and then I thought I need to write a book on this because people should know when somebody suffered that kind of a trauma at an early, and it happens, it happens that kids lose their parents. Or young people lose their spouse. You know what goes through life. But this kind of a loss will stay there with you forever. And you might never be able to heal. So right. I wanted that to be, I give my own example as an example, you know. So yeah. um, so you were asking me about expectations. So um, how was exactly the question? How? Um, well, just as we were talking through archetypes and, and to me reading through this, mm-hmm. In, in the, as I was thinking about dating, understanding these personality traits, these behaviors mm-hmm. people can help right. you identify early on if somebody's a, a good match or not. And I think also having this kind of knowledge helps you um, see someone for who they really are early on rather than who you want them to be, right? Because sometimes when we meet right. somebody, we want them to be something that maybe they're not or they're not capable of. So, they not. So here's the whole thing. So being aware, fully aware, like 
I wanted, so again, go back to my example. I wanted my husband to be what he could never be. You understand? I wanted him to be okay all the time and be happy with the three kids that we had, with me, with the rest of the family. And he mimicked to be, but inside him, he was never, you know, what I wanted him to be. So I want everybody to understand if that's the case, that's what's happening, you know, or if you marry, you know what I mean? A free spirit, be aware that he might just leave you in the middle of the road. Don't be surprised if one day you go home and he's gone. And you wonder, what have I done? (laughs) Is it me? I haven't done anything wrong. And he doesn't necessarily leave you for another woman or no, he just, he's just ghosting. It's just like that because he has that free spirit and he needs to go the other side of the world. You know what I mean? To find, I don't know what, his freedom. Right. You understand? So this is when you understand the manifestation of an archetype. You have to be realistic that that's something you have to live with forever in your life. Right. And you might not be able to change. The things that you cannot change about people are reflected in, in the personality traits that are the archetypes. Right. And having those under an understanding of that up front, I think helps set expectations, right? Because again, then you're not going to try to make somebody be for me. Right. Right. When I noticed that I used to do was I would make somebody be something they weren't. I just wanted the part, you know, they would show these traits at the beginning, maybe Mm -hmm. where they were, um, and, you know, when, you know, in the beginning you're, you're showing your best side a hundred percent of the right. time. Right. And so, um, but as we know, as time goes on, then you see the real person. And so being able to set realistic expectations, I think also helps us not waste time. It helps us with our, you know, not get let down maybe so hard because, um, we wanted the person to be something else. It gives us more, it grounds us more in reality of what we're really, um, we're really dealing with, with the person. Yes. Because, you know, if you go by astrology, okay, uh, I am an Aries, he's a, he's a Leo, we perfect match. Yeah, perfect match. But in the real world, in the real world, those problems that we are carrying, those are the ones, you know, that are the, the prevalence. Those are the most significant ones. And we have to take those into consideration. What we right. carry, something that we sometimes consider to be our karma, something we carry with us that yes. determines our life together, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about karma because Mm -hmm. you, in the book, you, you give a definition of what it is and what it isn't. And I hadn't heard it put that way before, but I really liked the way that you um, explained it in the book. So can you tell us a little what karma is and what it isn't and how it relates to commitment? Uh, I love this concept. My first book actually over 20 years ago was called Every. And uh, was very successful. That book, probably the most successful book I ever was able uh, able to to write, because it was in New York, it was everywhere, twenty translated twenty three languages, because people are so fascinated by the idea in itself, right. you know. Because karma is the memory of your soul. It's every single everything you do on a daily basis is stored somewhere in the mm-hmm. reactive side. So the right side of the brain. It's called the subconscious mind. Everything is deposited somewhere. All your deeds, all your uh, activities, uh, all your thoughts, all your action, all your emotion, all your feelings, you know, are stored somewhere. Right. And they uh, sometimes, you know, wake up to life and they are, uh, 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 they need to be processed. 
right. everything you, you, you've done one day sooner or later, you need to act upon. You can't just put them there and leave them aside. Right. You know, as much as we want to, that's not how it works. Yeah, as much <laughs> as we want to. People think, oh, it's the Newtonian law of cause and effect. But it's way more than that. It's just the memory of who you are. It's the imprint of your soul. And we work the, the, the way we function. We work on those imprints of the brain. Mm-hmm. So the brain store imprints and we function on those. It can be actually proven scientifically and medically that we work on those imprints at the cellular level. So at the cells level, those imprints exist. So I call those imprints karmic imprints. Now, karma is something individual, is something family. So you have those imprints in the family and there's global karma. There are things that, mm-hmm. this, this COVID is a, is a karmic disease because it repeats itself because what's karmic keeps on coming back. So in other words, it can manifest again. So if it happened in, 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 in 1918, 100 years later, comes back to us in a cycle, in a very interesting way, things come back in a cycle. Problems with economy in 1929 will come back in 2029. You know, we see them already about to explode in the same way, you know. So, so this, is, this is karmic. Now, karma is also considered lower restitution. It's like a luggage. You know, you carry this. You never lose this in an airport, this, this luggage. You carry it with you, and it becomes heavy because it grows. If it's not a process, if it's not resolved, if it's not understood, uh, it, it, it becomes heavier and heavier and heavier on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that applies to you, to your family, and to the community, to the globally, to the world, to the collective planet earth so it applies you know to all of us globally so that's something like exactly the disease is it's a global thing it's it's a global karma it's not doesn't affect one individual it affects all of us right and so so um, so let me i just want to make sure i i got the definition right so the the so karma because we do sometimes i mean it's it's described as is law um cause and effect right i do this in that it's not it's not the laws of cause effects so that's more that of... Newtonian law of cause effect would be way too simple. It's the totality of your thoughts, action, uh, 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 feelings, emotion, everything that you, you actually put in in universe and you create in this way the memory and the imprint of your identity. Right. That's it what becomes, I wanted to clarify. It's, yeah, it's not it the cause becomes, and effect. No, right. it becomes your own identity. You know? Right. It's the yeah. imprint at your cellular level. Because you become who you are, you know what I mean, uh, uh, through your cells, you know, right. your cells are so, as much as they carry, they carry uh, the, the biological um, genes, the genetics, they also carry your personal imprint of what you create during your lifetime. Right. So, and this, and this is the way that something is transferred, you transfer those to your kids and kids transfer it to you. And this is where it becomes family is your imprint can be transferred to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's very, that's why we said, Oh, so um, something that my grandparents did, I pay for it. I heard this a million times. Is karma a payback? Is, is karma something that is a punishing law? Because we use the law of the restitution, a law right. of justice. The number one law of spirituality is the law of karma. 
Mm-hmm. The law of stability, the law of balance, the law of equilibrium, it brings things in balance. You know, if things, if you act wrong, you know what I mean? And continue to do wrongdoing, sooner or later, you create a negative imprint that is transferred at the cell level genetically to the generation to come. And, and it creates, at a, at a certain degree, it creates um, a genetic modification so don't be surprised if the third generation, God knows what happens to them. And then they say, well, I'm paying for whatever my ancestors did wrong. But it, in fact, it's, it's an imprint that is transferred uh, uh, to, to the next. Do you know what I mean? You understand yeah, that, it's so, yeah, that's so fascinating to me. And, um, and I know we're coming up on time here. So I want to I just quickly shift gears before, um, before we lose time, because I wanted to talk to you about this also. Um, in the book, you say that a major step to changing your relationships is changing the way you relate to your problems and by extension, the way you speak about them. And that's a big part of my show. What I talk about is right. how we speak about things because we create. You're so right. I love what you do. Thank I you. To you. I was so moved by uh, your whole idea. I said, this is genius. I said, this is brilliant. <laughs> it should be actually a TV show. I was so inspired. I don't know if you ever thought about uh, presenting it to some networks or, you know, <laughs> that would be a good idea. I have not no, thought of that. It's such but... a genius idea. The idea that should be, you know, emphasized because at the end of the idea, we are what we speak, you right. know, what we speak, we become and what we think we speak. And this is the way the physical reality becomes, Manifest, you know, right? We, yes. We create the reality as a result of our thoughts, but the language, the words, vibrate they resonate in the universe in such a powerful way talking about the way we create an imprint and the way we create right. karma through our words you know right yeah exactly yes play such a significant role and and they create a significant role in relationship that we have with ourselves with the people around with with family with the communities with the world around us it's just so complex and it's like create that that ripple effect you know Yes, I do know. And and so, you know, as I said, this is the basis of the show and what we talk about. And so when it comes to relationships, um, you know, we get I always talk about that we get these stories on a on a loop, right, where we'll mm-hmm. repeat them and we'll say, you know, I can't have the relationship I want or, you know, I'm always going to my phrase that I always repeated was I'm always going to be alone. Like that was my right. my my well, th- where you put that, that's what you get. Exactly. That's exactly if you right. Put that, that's what you get. The moment you say, no, I am. So that's why affirmation rewire, rewire, rewire the brain. What did I say at some point? There's clusters of neuron creating pattern of behavior, but those clusters of neuron can be reprogrammed and rewired right. by the power of your own words. Right. So if you say, I am going to meet the most, per- my perfect match in the next three months. And keep on repeating that. And guess what? He will walk on you at the corner of the street. It's going to be so amazing and so powerful that even you're going to be amazed. Right. (laughs) Well, and that's, yes. And I think also with the, with shifting gears and moving from those negative thoughts that were maybe we've picked up along the way, Mm -hmm. however that was, but moving to the more positive, you know, that, that space in between where we start to shift it, that's uh, to me has always been the most critical point because it's where I'm, I'm having these arguments with myself. Like, 
yes, you can have it. No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Right. And, and if you just stick with it, what I found in my own life, if I just stick with it, if I just keep moving into that positive direction more than I'm not, how much that literally changes your whole everything. It changes everything. And it's, it, it exactly. starts in the stories. It starts in your, your want, your, your desire and your, you're being relentless with not letting those negative stories take over. Absolutely. I cannot agree with you more. Yeah. And I, I think I, I like in your book, you know, you talk about that. There's a section on that and you give different yes. examples yeah. and different things because it is no, so key. It, it's so key. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> the more, you know, reprogramming the mind is the hardest thing to do. Reprogramming right. a pattern of behavior is the hardest thing to do. But the more you diligent, you know, and the more, you know, the work that you do, the better it gets day by day. And you can do this with everything into your life. If you have a disease, if you have a, any kind of a problem, you know, you can actually fix it. Right. And it in starts way. In, in the mind, yeah. right? It starts with how you it look at it. It starts in the mind and it works. It goes deep, deep, deep to the core of your being, the core of your being, being your cell, the cell you're coming from, that right. drop of cell you're born from. And you go to the cell level, you know what I mean? You repair the, those cells and you repair everything in this way. And, and you get everything you want and everything becomes possible. Right. And it's amazing because it, yeah. it you know, we have the power to do this and we, and we do, we can, I've done right. it in my own life. I know you have, and your book right. is, um, is amazing. Congratulations on it. Congratulations on, on the success. And I want to, I want to thank you for joining me this week. We could talk for, I think a long time, but we're coming up on our, on the end of our time, unfortunately. You know, so I love, I love to invite you. I have two radio shows. I have a show on um, Home Time and a show on ABC. And whichever one you prefer, I would love to invite you to be my guest. Oh, I would love to come on. Yeah, please. please let me know what I'm having my assistant, Sarah, sending you um, some dates and you pick up whichever one you prefer. I would adore to have you on my show. Oh, amazing. Yes, I'll definitely do yeah. that. Yes. Please, please. Awesome. I'm thank you. Grateful. Before we wrap up real quick, we've talked about a lot of things from archetypes right. to karma, to expectations, to commitment. What's one piece of advice you'd leave the listeners with today to really foster a truly health, healthy relationship. Find somebody in your life whose definition love family matches yours. That's yeah. the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think asking those questions early on are, that's not something I ever did either. I never asked those questions early on. I just waited and waited and then found out we were not a match. <laughs> so ask them early and ask them often. Right. So right. again, Carmen, thank you so much for joining me this week in your book, Committed, love Finding you. Love and Loyalty Through the Seven Archetypes. is um, It's an amazing book. I hope all the listeners get it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, can you tell the listeners how they can find out more about you, your radio show, and getting your book? So it's very easy. My book is everywhere. Buy it Amazon, buy it in bookstores. And uh, my show, you go to www.carmenhara.com, my name, carmenhara.com with double R. And you click on radio shows. I have two shows. One Friday, it's um, KMET, ABC Radio. You can listen on the radio. You can also listen online. And another show on Tuesday on the station from uh, Washington, D.C., can listen on that one at 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday. And then, uh, of course, you can see all my books. Uh, I'm doing almost a uh, TV show lately because uh, being Valentine, everybody asks me yeah. a question about relationships. So this is the time to the TV. 
um, I, as I said, I'm looking forward to with you on, on, my, on my next show whenever you're available. I'm grateful for your time. And people can, can email me at Carmen Harayde-Wow. Be my, um, should I say, uh, uh, friends on Facebook, Instagram, all the social media. I want about it. Okay, awesome. And I'll link to all your things in the show notes so the listeners can find it. Thanks again, Carmen. And you've been listening to the Create What You Speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can also hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you will join me for the next episode of the Create What You Speak podcast. Check out my website, sloanfremont.com, to learn more. 